Hello and welcome to the Property Investing Australia podcast, where we'll be covering the right way to invest in property without taking the unnecessary risks, how to manage your money, and how to build the right mindset so that you can achieve your financial and wealth building goals. I'm your host, Nero Dambi Pillay. So, what's going to happen to the property market when interest rates rise? Maybe you've heard the people in the uh, doomsday camp who say, oh look, Australians have got record mortgage levels, prices are at record highs, and yet interest rates are at record lows. So of course, when interest rates rise, people won't be able to afford their repayment and the property market's gonna crash. Maybe you're in the camp that goes, that doesn't quite sound right to me, but I'm still not sure what's gonna happen when interest rates rise, right? Either way, this is gonna be for you because today I'm gonna, first of all, take a trip through history. I'm going to go through the last 25 years of history and look at interest rate movements and what the median property price in Australia has done over the last 25 years. So we can clearly see whether a rise in interest rates actually has affected the median property price in Australia and if so, to what extent. And then I'm going to share with you the four things that make this time when interest rates rise different to at any other time in history. So let's get to it by first going through the last 25 years of data. So here I have plotted two graphs in uh, almost in parallel. So above you have the percentage growth in median house prices all the way back to 1997. Okay, so 25 years ago, as I said. And then below it, I have the cash rate, which is the graph below that you can see uh, with the blue line here showing when interest rates rose and when they fell. So let's now go and look at each individual time period when interest rates rose, and let's look at what happened to the growth rate in houses. And we're talking the median uh, property price across Australia here, okay? So here we have it, roughly between sort of 1999 and 2001, interest rates rose here from what it looks like about 4.75% to 5.75%, so about one percentage point uh, interest rate rise in over a two year period, okay? And you can see what happened to house prices, right? This red line initially looks like it's quite dramatic, I mean, but you gotta remember here that the zero line is down here, okay? So when interest rates started to rise, we went from uh, median house price growth of roughly 12.5%, obviously it was a very hot market at the time, down to 5.5%. But then we rocketed back up to uh, what looks like 17.5% growth, okay? Now, mind you, all of this data is from uh, both CoreLogic and the RBA, all right? So what you can see here is that even though interest rates rose, property prices continue to rise. Of course, the rate of percentage growth varied, but prices still rose. Then let's look at what happened between 2002 to 2004. Again, we started off uh, looking at a interest rate of what looks like 4.25, and looks like it went up to around about 5.25, again, over a two year period, okay? What did property prices do? Well, they were sitting at about what looks like roughly 17.5% growth here, actually increased initially, and then it dropped dramatically, but it dropped down to, what are we looking at? Around about 2% growth or thereabouts, okay? Now, that's a very low level of growth, yes, but it's no by no means a property crash, and it still means that if you had property in median-priced areas in, in Australia, your property value was still increasing, 
All right, then let's go and look at this period between 2005 and 2008. Now this was a little bit more dramatic. So we went from interest rates, right, interest rates looking at around about 5.25 in 2005, all the way up to 7% in 2008, okay? Look at what property prices did. They initially started to rise. You can see the red line here is actually increasing which or rising, which shows that the percentage growth is increasing even as interest rates uh, rose. Then they hit a, a peak growth rate of what looks like around about 12 and 13%. And then they came right down to when interest rates hit 7%. That was when percentage growth in median house prices went negative, okay? It was negative 4%, right? That uh, is so far the worst we have seen to, to, to date as we go through uh, the last 25 years, okay? Negative 4%. Then let's look at what happened between 2009 to 2011. Interest rates were sitting at uh, 3.25, 3.5, around that level, and they rose to uh, what looks like 4.75, 4.8, okay? What happened to property prices? Well, before the interest rate rise, they were growing at looks like 13% growth, a very strong market, and it dropped all the way down to about minus 3.5%, okay? So yes, property prices did go negative, but they went negative by only minus 3.5%, okay? But then that's been it, okay? Since 2011, interest rates have been on a downward curve, or downward spiral, right? Okay, interest rates all the way down to now record lows of 0.1%. However, look at this for property prices. Yes, they started to rise as soon as interest rates fell, right? We saw this. But then look what happened from about the end of 2015. The rate of price growth started to fall. And in fact, price growth dropped to negative 5% towards the, uh, in sort of 2018 before coming back up again, all right? And yet interest rates were, were falling or staying the same. So what I'm really aiming to show you here with this graph is that Yes, interest rates do have an impact on property prices, but it's not a one-for-one -one correlation. It's not as if when interest rates rise, property prices fall, or when interest rates fall or stay low, property prices continue to, to rise, okay? There are other factors. Now, for example, this particular dip here, although it's minus 5%, this is nationwide, mind you. Now, some markets in uh, Sydney and Melbourne dropped 15%, okay? It had nothing to do with interest rates movements. It all had to do with the Australian Prudential Regulatory Authority, APRA, coming out and making some policy changes that made it much harder to, to borrow, okay? And that really curbed the, the, the market, okay? So the key thing here is that if interest rates rise, that doesn't mean property prices fall and the opposite isn't true either, okay? Now, of course though, different markets are going to perform differently. And I know what some of the naysayers will say, they'll say, Oh, but Nero, you don't understand. Look how high property prices are. We've got record levels of, of, of debt. Surely the market's going to, to crash. It's different right now. They're right. It's different right now. So let's go and have a look at the four things that are different in 2022 compared to at any other time in the last 25 years when interest rates rose. Number one, in November of last year, APRA increased the loan servicing buffers from 2.5% to 3%. So what did that mean? That meant that let's just say you go to a, to a bank and let's say the bank gives an interest rate of, of 3% for argument's sake, okay? Before November, they used to say, okay, if our rate is 3%, they would then assess you as if interest rates rose by 2.5%, so three plus 2.5, they'd assess you as if 
your interest rate was five and a half percent. And they would say, can you afford the interest payment and the loan repayment if interest rates were five and a half percent? If so, only then did they give you that loan. But from November, that buffer increased. So from November onwards, if the bank interest rate was 3%, they'd add another 3%. So three plus three is 6% and they'd go, can you afford the loan repayment at 6%? Okay, so there's already a huge buffer put in place there. So what does that mean? Well, the aim of that policy is to plan for interest rate rises. Okay, it's to plan for the fact that Whenever interest rates do rise, and everyone knows they will rise at some point, okay? There's a lot of argument about when, irrelevant to me, we know they will rise, okay? And so banks already have this policy in place. So therefore, despite the fact that yes, we have record levels of debt, the lending controls that we have in this country make it a much stronger market. And that's why our property market has never been as volatile as say what happens in, in America, for, for example, or other, other European countries, okay? The fact is that if the banks have done their jobs and we'd hope they've learned after you know, lending money for, for decades upon, upon decades, the fact is that the average Australian, although when interest rates rise, yes, they will find things tighter, they're not gonna have to fire sell their property, which means you're not gonna see property prices crash because remember, and I've said this in previous episodes as well, there's only two reasons essentially that property prices are going to, to crash, okay? Number one, people can't afford their repayments, all right? And we know if they've got a huge buffer in place, that's not gonna happen, all right? And I'll share some more data in, in just a moment, but that's the first reason. If people can't afford their repayments, then of course they've gotta sell them as quickly as they can or the bank's gonna repossess them uh, and that would cause property prices to fall. But the second reason why property market would, would crash is that all of a sudden there are so many more properties available on the market, but not enough buyers. And so buyers can negotiate a, a discount. In other words, we're talking about oversupplied market. Okay, there is very little indication that, that in Australia-wide, we have a oversupply, okay, very little. However, that is not the case when you look at individual suburbs. So when you look at start looking at individual markets, individual suburbs, Absolutely, there are some areas that are at risk of oversupply. And so those markets are gonna struggle a lot more than the others that are in undersupply, okay? But essentially, they are the two reasons why the property market could crash. And looking at the buffers that we have in place as a result of what APRA has done and the banks following that process, there is very little chance that you're gonna to see too many fire cells in most markets. Number two, and this is from core logic. And what you see here is that residential real estate like as of February, the start of February, had a nationwide value of $9.7 trillion, okay? That's more than Australian superannuation, uh, stock market and commercial real estate combined, okay? Residential real estate is worth more than all that combined, okay? So that's the first thing to consider. But now look at this. On 9.7 trillion, our mortgage debt is 2.0 trillion. So yes, the naysayers are right. Our mortgage debt is the highest it has ever been on record. They are completely correct with that. But look at this. If we take $2 trillion and divide it by 9.7 trillion, you get a loan to value ratio. So that means that the amount of the loan as a percentage of the value of the real estate, it's gonna be what? 20%, 25%, somewhere in that order, okay? Now, of course, different reports will t tell you different things. I understand that. But the worst I've seen, the worst, is that 
Australian mortgage debt is still less than 40% of the value of real estate. So what that means is that there are huge buffers in place, okay? Australian real estate has increased significantly and most Australians have a lot of equity sitting in their, in their properties, okay? And so that really gives them a huge safety net and that again is gonna prevent too many people having to fire sell their properties and you're just not gonna see that market crash that perhaps some naysayers are talking about. Number three. As you can see from this article here, and this is from Sky News, okay, and it was in January 10th, 2022, so a very recent article, Australians are four years ahead on their mortgages, okay? Now, just cast your mind back to when I showed you the chart about how when interest rates were, were rising, okay? Generally, interest rates rise for about a two-year period maximum, okay? And then they stay level or they often are, are taken back down again. But here we have Australians four years ahead of, on their mortgages, okay? So then again, when interest rates rise, sure, they may have tightened their belt. Sure, they may not be getting as far ahead on their mortgage as they were when interest rates were low. But the fact is that when Australians are so far ahead, why again was the property market going to, to crash? Remember I said before, property prices will, are only going to crash if either there's oversupply or there is a glut of properties on the market because owners can't afford their mortgages anymore. But when they're so far ahead, how likely do you think that's going to happen? And then reason number four is the fact that we're just about to go into a period when migration is about to increase, okay? So therefore, we're gonna have a lot more demand coming into the market. Now, yes, it's initially gonna affect uh, the rental market, absolutely. As most people come from overseas, they're gonna rent as they try to settle themselves in, into this country, okay? But then they're gonna to want to, to, to buy and what you can see from this article here is that detached homes are starting to decline in 2022, and that's according to the Housing Industry of Australia. All right, so just think about this. If you have less housing starts and you've got less supply, at the same time, you've got more demand coming in. Which way do you think pressure is gonna put on prices? Do you think demand over supply is gonna put pressure upwards on prices, or is it gonna put it downwards? Okay, I think we know now that you know, when demand is oversupply, it puts upward pressure on prices, okay? Now, again though, the key thing with interest rates rising is this. You can no longer just afford to invest blindly. You can't afford to invest based on headlines, hype, or people's uh, opinions. You are gonna have to do your due diligence because there is no doubt about it. Despite everything that I've shared with you, I've shared with you median prices and what's happened on a, na on a national average, okay? That should hopefully take away the fear that the property market's going to crash, but you are still gonna to need to get some professional help or do some, your due diligence to ensure you are targeting the cities and the suburbs that have the best potential for growth, the best rental returns, so that you can navigate this period of rising interest rates with absolute certainty and peace of mind. There is no doubt about it that despite everything I've shared, what I've shared with you is just general national averages, Different markets are gonna outperform others, and so you wanna do your due diligence. You wanna ensure you're investing in the markets with the best potential for capital growth, and there is no doubt that there are some markets will continue to rise around the country despite interest rates rising, and those are the markets you wanna target. You also wanna be focusing on good rental returns if you're worried about cash flow at all, but from the data, if you can do your due diligence, I really believe that those investors who disregard the headlines and disregard emotion, and disregard popular opinion, and make their investing decisions based on data, they're the ones that will come out ahead over the next two, three, five years. 
is that going to be you? Hi, it's Nero here again, and thanks so much for listening. If you like what you heard, and you're looking for a full blueprint on how to invest in property to gain a passive income, then go to Nero Book, that's N-I-R-O Book, B-O-O-K, go to nerobook.com.au to get a free copy of my book, Wake Up Wealthier, How to Build a Property Portfolio That Pays You an Income each and every month. Now, I used to sell this book for $47, but for a limited time, I'm giving you both the digital version and the audio version totally for free. Now, the reason I'm doing that is because I want to give more people a chance to get this information. Plus, I also know that a certain number of you, when you go through the book, will like what you see and you'll reach out um, to find out more about our future services. But even if you don't, that's okay because the book itself is a full blueprint about how to build a property portfolio that pays your passive income, even if you've never invested before. So if that's what you want, then go to nerobook.com.au to get your free